Hey everyone, this is Tony, Dungeon Master for D&D Raw. And before we begin today's episode, I'm going to be doing a thank you to our iTunes reviewer, Hot Ketchup. Thank you so much, Hot Ketchup. We really appreciate it. Actually, a lot of work does go into the production of this. I'm glad it comes out smooth and that you can kind of just get a feel for just the story and focus on that. I really don't like railroading or forcing the characters to do anything. I want the characters to be the characters. So trying to get them to the places that I would like them to go is more the world kind of reacting to what they're doing. Um, I don't feel in terms of railroading, I give them, I like giving them options that might wind up taking them to the same place overall, but basically forcing them down a particular path or down a particular or to a particular area, I feel goes against what D&D is in a lot of ways. So giving them options, giving them choices in order for them to choose to go down a particular path that I that I have for them, I feel works better and gives a better sense of a real living, breathing world. So thank you so much for the kind words again, and I'm really glad that you have been enjoying the podcast. The second announcement I have is for Ray from the Tales from the Dark Dragons Inn. Ray has been incredibly helpful in the podcasting community. Ray has gotten a whole bunch of podcasters together, helping them out, helping each other out, and creating an amazing community. He is constantly looking for ways to cross-promote different podcasts and have us help each other out, and this community has been unbelievable, incredibly kind, and has really done so much for us, and we want to also be able to help Ray out even in the smallest way we can. So again, what we're going to be doing is... Sharing the promo as Tales from the Dark Dragon's Inn starts its season two. So without further ado, here is the promo for Tales from the Dark Dragon's Inn. Cities are hard. They're tangled webs of shadows with someone different waiting to stab you in the back on every corner. Baldur's Gate ain't no different. If anything, it's worse. There's murder in the air and a name on everyone's tongue that no one dares to speak. The scales of justice are new in town, hot in the tale of an evil cult. But they're going to make him talk. Tales from the Dark Dragon's Inn is a serialized fiction podcast. Join us for season two on tftddi.co.uk. Now, the final thing I'm going to mention is this particular episode will explain things that have changed in the world of Ostia in the 150 years since the party defeated the Whispered Ones in Orenthal. A lot's changed since then, but today our narrator will be Bethany's sister, Rebecca. So without further ado, here's Rebecca with how Ostia has changed. The world of Ostia has changed since our players saved the royal family of the Vremer Empire from the machinations of the Whispered Ones in Orenthal. 150 years have passed since that time, and reconstruction continues in earnest. The High Elves of Solana focus their attention on studying the other planes of existence and try to obtain a better understanding of the kinds of creatures that could one day come to Ostia, so that, good or bad, the people of the world might be better prepared for whatever comes forth. They work diligently with a new mages guild known as the Staff Federation in the hopes of protecting the world of Ostia from the threats that may come from the other planes. They travel the lands looking for any potential portals to other planes, while trying to educate others in the threats that the other planes may pose. The Wood Elves of the Nephany continue to venture out of their homes and aid the other kingdoms as needed. They provide whatever service they are able to Solana, the Nessun Kingdom, and the Vremer Empire. Yet, they continue to keep their own capital's location a secret with powerful druidic magic. While they have been a welcoming aid to the rest of the world, 
there has been a feeling of mistrust growing among the other kingdoms. The humans of the Vremer Empire worked to re-establish the homes and cities of their empire after the destruction wrought from the Cataclysm. They strive not only to reclaim the territory that they once had, but also to expand their borders and display the prosperity that the Empire has found since the Cataclysm. As time passes, the Vremer Empire focuses on mechanical advancement, as clockworks and mechanical constructs made from not just magic, but machinery come into being. Trade becomes abundant as new roads and trade lines cross the Empire. The dwarves of the Thessun Kingdom have made great strides in gaining a better understanding of divine magic and the gods. They focus on smithing not only great weapons and armor, but also competing with the Vremer Empire's mechanics advancements, combining their knowledge of the divine magics with their great aptitude for creation. Within the last few years, however, clerics have begun to lose their powers. Paladins are becoming rarer, and divine magic seems to be on the decline. As the Thessun Kingdom begins to fall into a depression, the High Elves of Solana come to their aid, and use their arcane magic to keep the Dwarven Kingdom's economy afloat. Just as the Four Kingdoms evolve through the past 150 years, other factions thrive as well. The Staff Federation protects the land from extraplanar threats and makes a name for itself as a defender of the people and protector of those who would corrupt magic for evil purposes. Though the group was established within the city Orenthal in the Vremer Empire, it is in Solana and a growing city known as Amaran that have been the largest supporters of this mages guild. Thoven Arborshade, hero of the Cataclysm, incidentally established the small port city of Amaran as he came to teach other wizards the secrets of the arcane. He established his school, Arborshade Academy, away from the other kingdoms to avoid ties to any one nation. Over time, people have come from all over to learn from the great Thoven Arborshade, and the town sprang up seemingly overnight around the school. Finally, the Shadow Wolves, a thieves guild established in the ruins of Orenthal's poorest districts, has grown, expanding its reach across the separate kingdoms. Established by Vral Humblefire, the organization has grown from its simple beginnings into a massive organization that does business in every major city in the land, with black market dealings, thievery, and even assassinations on occasion. As far as the rumors go, the Shadow Wolves has become both feared and respected. For the past 150 years, wizards have explored arcane through what lies within the various planes of existence. Mechanical objects became ubiquitous as clockwork creatures and mechanical constructs abound, as well as rumors going around of new, explosive projectile weapons. Meanwhile, divine magic continues to decline as fewer and fewer clerics and paladins seem to exist within the world. Healing spells have become rarer, and the deities that were once so close to those who worshipped them devoutly now seem distant or completely unreachable. There is also the chilling rumor that a powerful deity has died, or at least vanished. We look forward to exploring this world with you in Season 2 of our Actual Play podcast. In July, this is the world our players will find themselves in as they begin their journey throughout the world of Ostia. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for narrating this for us. And to all of our listeners out there, don't forget, you can find our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Please feel free to leave a comment, a review. We love getting feedback. You can also email me directly at dm at dndraw.com or check out our Twitter at Rules as Written or even visit our website dndraw.com. So, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time in the world of Ostia.